Thank you, Joshua Aaron. Shalom and welcome, everyone. Today, six of the Feast of Tabernacles, Days of Elijah. We are very excited to be with you today. David, we are here sporting the beautiful sukkah in a studio here in Jerusalem. And I remember last year, our friends from around the world kept on giving their testimonies of how magnificent this view is. What, what are we seeing at the back? Yes, uh, we're seeing the old city of Jerusalem, the Temple Mount, the Mount of Olives. It really comes out in these high-definition cameras from our production team. That's right. So why don't we give our friends an inspiration uh, yeah. for this session and you want to start off with scripture or yes uh, we're going to be uh, focusing on Jerusalem the city of the great king today and I'm going to read from Isaiah chapter 2 which says that now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on top of the mountains and shall be exalted above all the hills and all nations shall flow to it. Amen, amen. Amen. Many people shall come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Now for Jews and Christians, this city is so important for what happened in the past. King David, uh, how Jesus came and gave his life in this city. And today, Jerusalem has been rebuilt and it's thriving. We're going to meet some of the residents and people of Jerusalem who are making this city come alive again. But we know it has such a, a, an important future as the throne of the Lord here on the earth. And for 40 years, the Christian embassy has been trying to work this understanding among the body of Christ and all nations. We're going to talk today about the latest embassy to move to mm. Jerusalem from Mahanda. Doris, what else do we have? Well, you mentioned about the residents coming from Jerusalem themselves. We are having uh, the Jerusalem Chamber of Commerce, yes. Jerusalem Harp Orchestra. That's and pretty the exciting. Jerusalem Prayer Breakfast. There you go. There you go. Yes. So there's a lot of things to expect for the session. I'm but pretty excited. First, some more worship from Joshua Aaron and his Hallelujah. team. Hallelujah. Thank you.
is Immanuel. Im with anu us, el, God, God with us. Glory to God, peace on earth, goodwill to all men. Here with the angels we sing. And as he reigns from above, may he reign in our hearts, our sovereign Lord and King. Oh, oh Emmanuel. Oh, oh Emmanuel. Oh, oh Emmanuel. God. To the one who made his home among us and took our sin away. Oh, hallelujah, he has torn the veil that separated to bring us face to face. Oh, oh Emmanuel. Oh, oh, Emmanuel, oh, oh, Emmanuel, God with us. Oh, oh, Emmanuel, oh, oh, Emmanuel, oh, oh, Emmanuel, God with us. Glory, glory, glory to God in the highest. Glory, glory, glory to God in the highest. Glory, glory, glory to God in the highest. Glory, glory, glory to God in the Emmanuel, oh, oh, Emmanuel, 
I want to sing the song of blessing over every one of you today.
Welcome back to our sukkah here in Jerusalem. And uh, today we're focusing on the city of the great king. I uh, want to welcome uh, Dr. Jurgen Bueller, the president of the Christian Embassy, and a special guest, Mr. Haggai Abrahami. He's the vice president of the Jerusalem Chamber of Commerce. And it's a great to have you with us today, Abraham. Thank you. Okay, uh, the city of Jerusalem, Jurgen and I have lived here for over 20 years. Our kids have been born and raised here. And uh, the city is, is growing faster than ever now. In all those years, uh, they're redoing the entrance to the city, the business section in uh, Talpiot. And, and Jerusalem almost has a million residents now. So this must be an exciting time for the Jerusalem Chamber of Commerce and the whole business community. Yes, I can tell you that uh, the Jerusalem Chambers of Commerce that uh, uh, encouraging all the businesses in uh, Jerusalem uh, uh, think that uh, this is a wonderful uh, area now that uh, Israel and Jerusalem are developing. Uh, although the corona, I think uh, uh, we have a good uh, business uh, environment here in uh, Israel, in uh, Jerusalem. And uh, I think the relationship between the uh, Christian uh, Church, uh, the embassy of the, of the Christian Church, uh, and with the Jerusalem Chambers of Commerce are very good. And uh, I think um, help us to, to make a, a recognition of all the countries, recognition of Israel by all, all the countries. And uh, I think making better the environment of the business, as you, as you mentioned before. Now, I, I know that uh, the Chamber of Commerce is making a special effort to reach out to the Christian world. You get uh, millions of Christian tourists here every year, but uh, something specific that you did with the Christian Embassy. Um, I think that uh, the Christian Embassy is a very, very nice uh, organization that uh, we are dealing with, we are cooperate with. Uh, Jürgen and you, David, uh, know, uh, knows us and also Jürgen uh, entered to be one of the manager in the executive uh, management in the Jerusalem Chambers of Commerce. We are doing great together and uh, I think um, um, the recognition of the Christian world in Israel is uh, making easier with the uh, uh, cooperation between you and us, you the embassy of uh, uh, the Christian uh, and, uh, and the Jerusalem Chambers of Commerce. Um, yes, I think it's very good. Mm -hmm. 
Jurgen, that's quite an honor to not only be a member of the Jerusalem Chamber of Commerce, but you were appointed to the presidium, the presiding body. And uh, I mean, what can the Christian embassy and why are we getting involved in this sort of business uh, activity? Yeah, first of all, it's exactly right what you said. It's a tremendous honor to be part of this uh, very prestigious body here in Jerusalem. And honestly, I wondered in the beginning, you know, we are a, an organization that is defending Israel. We have a lot of social projects. We never so much entered into the business arena, but I do believe that this is absolutely a needed and a very important new area where we need to get involved with Jerusalem. Uh, this city is being uh, growing, as you say, in every area. and. This city today pros, uh, needs very strategic partners around the world that are willing to invest in that city, but also to see the city as an opportunity for their business to grow. And you know, if you want, it's even part of the prophetic image that the prophet, the prophet Isaiah is giving us. In chapter 60, he says, there will come a day when the wealth of the nations will come here to Jerusalem. And I believe that's a good time right now to see the opportunities for business people around the world, to see what could be my place that I could play here in the holy city. Evangelical Christians are coming here as pilgrims, as tourists, but I think we are now in a time when, especially for business people around the world, it's a great place to invest, it's a great place to partner with the many companies that are here in Jerusalem. And I'm not sure if you can maybe make a few points. What are the areas where you would actually look like into cooperation here yes. in the city? I want to strengthen your words and say that uh, in the past, uh, many people say uh, that uh, the tourism will bring the, the peace, the recognition uh, of uh, Israel. But I think that uh, now we understand that even the uh, to be a commerce uh, between Israel and the other countries uh, will give, will bring the uh, recognition of uh, Israel. Uh, we are here uh, um, uh, wants to cooperate with you uh, to, to help the, the business in Israel, the, the companies, the startups, the hospitals in Israel, uh, all, all, all the business in Israel uh, need uh, to be uh, recognized and to be helped, you know, because of the Corona time and because I think uh, the Jerusalem uh, have to be uh, supported by the uh, Christian world uh, because the, the Israeli capital is not only the, the, the capital of the Jewish world, it's also for the Christian, also to the Muslims. Uh, so uh, even, even, even the occasion here in Jerusalem, uh, I think, uh, uh, is, is a symbol, is a symbolic thing that uh, we are recognized Jerusalem mm -hmm. as the capital of the Jewish people and as the capital of all the people from all the worlds because uh, there is an an energy here and yes. uh, that bring us together and uh, and bring us to to do a great things together well thank you Haggai I, I want to assure you as soon as Israel opens up all our Christian pilgrims uh, are going to come back to the feast and other times of the year our feast alone injects 15 to 20 million dollars into the local Jerusalem economy with all the hotel nights the meals the buses the, and uh, everything and uh, we just thank you for being with you uh, today. Thank you. And now we have a worship song from Shelley Myers, an Israeli worship leader.
Thanks to Shelley Myers for that beautiful worship song. Now, when we're considering the city of Jerusalem, one of the important institutions here is Yad Vashem. 
the official Israeli memorial and monument to the Holocaust. And the Christian Embassy has had a partnership for Yad Vashem for around 15 years now. And we're pleased to bring you a greeting from the new chairman of Yad Vashem, Mr. Danny Dayan. That's right. And following that is a segment that you prepared, David, on the pioneers of Christian Zionism, featuring two Christians who played a very important role in the formation of the IDF. I was recently appointed by the government of Israel as chairman of Yad Vashem, and it is a huge privilege for me to address you in one of my first public appearance in that capacity. I used to participate in person in previous years in the Feast of Tabernacles, but this time virtually, I do it from a very special place. I would even say one of the most sacred places in Jerusalem, the entrance to the avenue of the righteous among the nations. This avenue, these trees, commemorate Christians and other Gentiles that in the darkest hour of humanity had the courage, had the faith to endanger their own lives, their families' lives, their possessions in order to save Jews. And I say that this is a sacred place because it's clear to me that in each and every one of those persons that were recognized here, that saved Jews during the Shoah, God was in their hearts. Therefore, for me, this is a sacred place in Jerusalem, no less than the more famous ones. Yad Vashem performs a biblical obligation, the obligation of Zechor, remember. Yad Vashem helps us remember those that perished in the Shoah. And we have, yes, an obligation to remember the young child that was taken from his home in Bialystok, Poland, and uh, carried in a cattle wagon to uh, the extermination, has the right that we know what happened to him. The old lady that was shot in a shooting pit in Ukraine or in Lithuania, we owe to her to know what happened to her. We owe to her the biblical commandment of Zechor. And this is what we do in Yad Vashem. But Yad Vashem is not only about the past, it's also about the present and the future. I personally was in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the same day in which 11 Jews were assassinated there by an anti-Semite fanatic um, during prayers while worshiping God. And educating about the Shoah, knowing about the Shoah, knowing where human evil can bring humanity is the way to prevent those fanatics from prevailing. Therefore, Yad Vashem is about Zechor, about remembering, but it's also about Zechor in the future, to remember what as human beings, as believers, we are not permitted to do, and we have an obligation to prevent. I commend you for having Yad Vashem as part of this Feast of Tabernacles. 
I call you to visit Yad Vashem in Jerusalem, in Jerusalem, the eternal undivided capital of the Jewish people. I ask you to join Christian friends of Yad Vashem that was established in cooperation with ICEJ. I call to you to continue to be part of the educating process against anti-Semitism, of remembrance of the Holocaust, the most terrible human tragedy in the modern era humanity knew. Come to Yad Vashem, support Yad Vashem, educate about Yad Vashem. Thank you, my friends. Restoration of the nation of Israel is one of the greatest miracles of our time. For many centuries, Christians foresaw through biblical promises this exciting event. They spoke, wrote, and taught about this future restoration. Today, they're called Christian Zionists. This is their story. Many think that uh, the Christian Zionist movement is a recent outgrowth of, you know, the uh, political right in America, uh, and even some are saying it was the support for Trump which birthed it. And this is a, a real misperception of the Christian Zionist movement as a long, honorable legacy. Uh, dating back uh, over 400 years, even back to the time of the Moravian revivals and coming up through the Protestant Reformation of Christians who rediscovered uh, scripture in their common languages and saw that it, the Jews weren't uh, cursed forever for uh, killing Christ, that God still had a covenant relationship with them and had plans for them for, to restore them to the land. And it was actually uh, Christians who began promoting and preaching this long before uh, the Zionist movement uh, birthed by Theodore Herzl and the Jewish people arose. Colonel John Henry Patterson first rose to fame in the late 1800s when he became known as the Lion Hunter of Savo. Uh, the British were building a railroad to Lake Victoria. There were lions uh, eating some of the workers and he came in and shot them and became world famous uh, as the Lion Hunter uh, in, in East Africa. Uh, but it was during uh, World War I, he uh, wanted a command of troops on the front in France, but he was considered a little too old, so he settled second choice, commanding a logistical corps of Jews uh, based out of Cairo and coming from Palestine. He recruited them uh, into what was called the Zion Mule Corps. This was the first Jewish organized fighting force since the Bar Kokhba revolt like 1900, 18, 1900 years earlier. And they fought at Gallipoli. They were more logistical, bringing supplies to the troops in the trenches, uh, but many of them died there. And uh, after Gallipoli, they came back to Cairo and were reformed as the Jewish Legion, uh, serving under the British Army, but Jewish troops under Patterson's command. And they fought in the Palestine campaign, driving the Ottoman Turks out of uh, Jerusalem and the, in the north, the Galilee, back towards Damascus and eventually into Turkey. And uh, he afterwards, Patterson, uh, became a very strong Zionist 
traveling with Jabotinsky and other Zionist leaders around America to raise support and arms for the cause here to build a Jewish state. And, and everyone wanted to hear about the lion hunting, but we really have to credit him as the godfather of the IDF, the commander of the first organized Jewish fighting force in hundreds and hundreds of years. And he has a special connection, especially to the Netanyahu family, Benjamin Netanyahu's brother, Yonatan, was named after John Henry Patterson. And uh, there's another figure that was important in the formation of uh, what became the, the IDF, and this was or Charles Wingate, another British officer, that uh, he was a cousin of T.E. Lawrence, who had already been uh, become famous because of the film and his book, uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Uh, and he wanted to sort of follow in his cousin's footsteps. He even learned Arabic in order to come to the region and, and you know, do exploits here. But uh, when he was assigned to Palestine in 1936 to help put down uh, an Arab revolt, an intifada that went on for three years, he was the uh, intelligence officer who developed counter-terror measures, especially uh, taking the battle to the enemy. And at night, he developed the special night squad and it was largely Jewish forces that he trained, 36 through 39, that he was commanding and training here. And these guys like Moshe Dayan, who fought under him, they became the commanders of the IDF. And, and uh, Wingate looked to people like Gideon in the Bible for inspiration, it's quite interesting. And he's really revered today, the Wingate Institute, a big sports institute near Netanya. There's a Wingate Square here in Jerusalem. He's well known in the Wingate Gate doctrine uh, it was adopted by the IDF that the commanders uh, lead the troops into battle. They don't stay at the back, they're at the front. And so he was very uh, important in the formation of what became the IDF, the Haganah and the Palmach. These uh, really were under his command. And uh, so we have to really honor these two figures, uh, John Henry Patterson and Lord Charles Wingate, who took a people who had not been able to defend themselves, the Jewish people, for 2,000 years and taught them how to defend themselves again. And Israel would not be here today without uh, these figures. They found a moment in, uh, to apply their talents to help restore to the Jewish people something they needed for this nation to survive. And I think there's still areas where Christians can give great contributions to the future of Israel. Welcome back to our sukkah here in Jerusalem. We now have a discussion about what uh, Christians are doing to help exalt to Jerusalem, to help people in this city. And we have Nicole Yoder, who's a fellow vice president with me in charge of our aid and aliyah, and our special guest, Albert Vexler. He's the founder and president of the Jerusalem Prayer Breakfast. Good to see you, Albert. Thank you. Hag Yes. Now, Nicole, I, we do stuff all over the country, bomb shelters, helping with Holocaust survivors, helping with Aliyah. But what are we doing specifically in Jerusalem to help the residents here, especially those in need? 
Well, David, in Jerusalem, um, we've been doing a lot of educational-related projects. You know, one of our, uh, the things that's on our heart is to give a future and a hope, to help people to move towards a brighter future. And we do that in a variety of ways. And one of the projects that might be of interest to our friends around the world is a local Messianic school here in Jerusalem that is reaching out to the Arab community, to um, the believing community. Some of those are immigrant families. And as you know, coming here and uh, Israel's not a cheap country. And so we're looking for ways to bless uh, local believers in the land, scholarships for the students, uh, equipment updates and things that are needed for the school. But there's also a variety of other ways, you know, um, just trying to help people, you know, want to move forward with vocational training or with um, education that will help them get a better job. Uh, improve the income of their families, um, looking at uh, assistance for youth at risk. How do we help them come into a, a stronger place when they start out with their lives? And so providing for um, just um, extra assistance with their studies after school. It's a whole variety of things here in Jerusalem. And we're really excited that here in Jerusalem, which is a mixed city, we have the opportunity to help with coexistence in the midst of these educational projects. So like uh, with the School for the Deaf, where Jewish and Arab kids study together, we're helping also train these young people so that they'll have a profession in photography and film and uh, things like that. So when they move on, they'll have the opportunity to provide for themselves. So it's a whole mosaic of things that we're doing to help the residents of Jerusalem, whatever their background, to be able to move forward and start strong. Provide them a, a future and a hope. I know that uh, uh, the statistics show that uh, around 40% of the children in Jerusalem are in families that are living below the poverty line. So there's so many needs. And I know you spend a lot of time finding out how we can help the best in this. Now, one of the things that the Christian Embassy was actually founded on was, was honoring Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. And uh, I know this is something that you're involved in as well, Albert, with the Jerusalem Prayer Breakfast uh, going around the world. Tell us more about this and where you are now. Thank you, David. You see, when, uh, when we started, you were actually with us and uh, Jürgen, uh, was really uh, uh, supporting us in a, in, a, in a big way when in 2017 the, the call came out of the Israeli parliament, the Knesset, that was endorsed by the president, uh, inviting the Christians to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Now, this is, uh, you know, that many people do, but to see that the invitation would come out of the Israeli parliament, the Knesset, was uh, something that I think was groundbreaking and it was something very very unique what we didn't expect uh, was that uh, people would come from all over the world to us and uh, tell us well we want Jerusalem prayer breakfast in London Singapore Accra Ghana and we're not talking about just you know people telling us that invitations coming from the first lady of Uganda invitations coming from the governors and and uh, uh, parliament members hosting us so where are we standing right now? We are on October 13 and 14 in Rome, Italy, by the invitation of two senators. That's wonderful. Matteo Salvini and uh, Simon Pilon have invited us to the Senate. And you see, there is, there is something about um, Christians in the politics because they read their Bible and they say, look, Jerusalem 
it's the capital of uh, Israel. We should move the embassy here. And uh, it's, been, it's been another thing we have been seeing happening on a very, very fast pace. We already have four embassies, uh, many embassies uh, of different countries on the way to move to Jerusalem. So these two senators in, uh, in Rome said, we want to see Italian embassy in Jerusalem. I think we are waiting for a major, major announcement from Brazil to hear uh, President Bolsonaro to announce the embassy move. I remember in uh, 2018, I was visiting Kosovo with the prime minister there and uh, uh, speaker of the house. Uh, and uh, there was not much hope here in Israel at that time that uh, this embassy move would even take place. And yet today we have the Kosovo embassy right here in the center of Jerusalem. Amen. And we're going to talk a little later about the move of the Honduran embassy to Jerusalem Amazing. just a few months ago. I know this is an issue that's dear, dear uh, to my heart because I worked in Washington 25, 30 years ago on this very thing and helped uh, draft and push through the original bill to move the embassy. And it just takes the cooperation of everyone to really raise the, the importance of Jerusalem, the incredible future of Jerusalem, and we need to be forerunners honoring it now. And it's just great to work with you, Albert, in this initiative. And uh, Nicole, I think we're going to go now to a segment uh, about the work of the ICEJ aid department here in Israel. And then uh, we're going to have a very special presentation by the uh, uh, harp orchestra of the Jerusalem Conservatory, lovely young Israeli girls who are learning the harp. And uh, the Bible speaks in Revelation that, that uh, the only instruments that are mentioned there are harps. And we're going to, well, there's trumpets and others, but we're going to have a real treat from this harp orchestra with the Jerusalem Conservatory. We love the people of Israel, and we want to show that love through social projects that help build a stronger Israel. We're passionate about offering life-changing opportunities for the disadvantaged, youth at risk, new immigrants, and minorities that help them step into a brighter future. We desire to make a difference throughout the mosaic that is Israeli society. We call this ICEJ Aid. Christians come to help the Jewish people. It's a dream, you know? How, how could it be? The Christian people come to help the Jewish people, the state of Israel, for me, it's really unimaginable. ICJ aid helps families break out of the cycle of poverty through educational programs such as vocational training and mentoring towards employment, as well as offering practical aid where needed most. We also support Holocaust survivors in the last years of their life. The survivors enjoy emotional and physical support in an assisted living facility where their needs are met and they have a community of loving staff and volunteers surrounding them. שאני יודע שהם תומכים בנו ותומכים יפה 
Knina uh, from Christian Embassy uh, appeared in our life with a, a lot of food uh, and uh, <laughs> what is much more important with their love and with their willing to support. Together with our Israeli friends, we are partnering with the God of Israel who promised through the prophet Jeremiah, for I will set my eyes on them for good. I will bring them back to this land. I will build them and not tear them down. I will plant them and not uproot them. Christians around the world, they are our best friends. And Christians and Jews, we belong together. Thank you, the Christian Embassy and Christian around the world, your support and partnership helping us to change life every day. This aid wouldn't be possible without your help. Show the people of Israel God's love today and let her know that she's not alone. Become a partner by giving at icej.org aid.
to thank you, the Jerusalem Harp Orchestra, for that amazing segment right there, David. Now I want to learn how to play the strings or something. Yes, it's a very <laughs> beautiful sound, the sound of heaven. That's true, yeah. sound of heaven. And now we have a message coming from Israeli pastor and entrepreneur Samuel Smadja. Shalom from Jerusalem. Jerusalem, the city of the great king. As we know, the city of Jerusalem has many, many names. The Midrash in the Talmud, it tells us that the city has over 70 names. Names such as the holy city, Ira Kodesh, the city of God, Ira Elohim, city of David just behind us, Kiryale Melech Rav, city of the great king, Zion, Moriah, Ariel, the city of Shalem, which the name Yerushalayim comes from, the city of peace, and the city that God has chose to put his name upon. The city was also called Tabura Olam, the belly button, sorry for the expression, but the belly button of the world, which means the center of the world. The city also was called the, the city of righteousness. And <clears throat> there's no doubt that those things and the fact that we read and see about the city of Jerusalem, it puts Jerusalem in a very special, unique place. No matter if you believe in the word of God or you don't believe in the word of God, but we cannot deny that the city of Jerusalem is a special city. We know that the city was mentioned the first time in the book of Genesis which with the unique encounter between Malkitzedek, which I believe is the Messiah, and Abraham. And there it says that Malkitzedek was the king of Shalem. And the book of Hosea, uh, the book of Joshua, Joshua in chapter 1 tells us that Adonim Malkitzedek, we know that the city, Jerusalem, was mentioned the first time with the special encounter between Malkitzedek and Abraham. Malkitzedek was Kohen Lemelech Rav, was the king of Shalem and was a high priest. According to my faith, I believe that Malkitzedek was a revelation of the Messiah before Christ came or before Yeshua came on this earth. And we know that Joshua in his first chapters brings Shalem, Malkitzedek, and Yerushalayim and puts them together. And therefore we, we are concluding that Shalem was the first, first name of Jerusalem before Jerusalem was known as Yerushalayim. In Psalm 76, there is a very interesting psalm that ties us also to the Feast of Tabernacle. It says, in, it says that his tent, the tent of God, is in Salem, and his dwelling place is in Zion. But in Hebrew, it doesn't say tent. It says Sukkot, Sukkah, and that's where we're standing here. That's a Sukkah. To see that we're here in Jerusalem, in the Feast of Tabernacle, and Jerusalem was the tabernacle of God himself, which makes Jerusalem unique, which makes Jerusalem special. 
The name Yerushalayim is a very unique name. The root of Yerushalayim is Shin Lamed Mem, Shalem, Salem. And we know that the name Yerushalayim has a prophetic meaning. We know that when we study the word Yerushalayim, we have several things that come out of this name. The first one is Shalem, a completion, wholeness, fullness. The second one is Shalom, like we all say, when you come to Jerusalem, you go on the streets of Jerusalem, people greet you with Shalom, Shalom, Shalom. That's from the word of Yerushalayim. And also a very interesting word is Leshalem, also come from the word Yerushalayim. Leshalem is to pay. That comes also. And it's very interesting that the city that God has chose to put his name upon is the city that the whole role of the city is to bring the peace of God, the shalom of God, the real true peace. First of all, a peace between God and his people, but then a peace between God and the rest of the world through his Messiah. But as we know and as we believe, and according to the word of Yerushalayim, somebody has to leshalem, somebody had to pay the price. And therefore, we know that somebody here in Yerushalayim had to pay a price, a price of dam. Dam is blood in Hebrew, a price of blood in order to give and to bring peace to us, first the Jewish people, but also to the rest of the world. It's very interesting that in the Hebrew language, when you talk about payment, and if you go and you ask, how much is the entrance fee to this movie or to this theater? You ask, Kama Dmei Aknisa. And you say, how much is the blood entrance? It's very interesting that the Hebrew language has so much into it that reveal the secret and the mystery of the Messiah. And our subject is the Kiryal Melech Rav, the city of the great king. And when we study in Psalm 48 where this is mentioned, we see that in the Hebrew it doesn't say the city. It says Kiryah. Kiryah makes Jerusalem even more unique. Kiryah is not just a city. Kiryah is a fortified city. Kiryah is a special, unique city. Kiryah has a much more meaning than just a city. And what makes this Kiryah, what makes the city behind us, Yerushalayim, so special is that God himself dwells in this city. And let me tell you, when you walk in the streets of Jerusalem, you can feel the presence of God. It's a presence that you cannot feel, not in Paris, not in London, and, there, and not in New York. Great cities, but Jerusalem is something unique. Yerushalayim is the source of the peace, the eternal peace for mankind. Jerusalem, Yerushalayim is the center of the world. And I believe that's why the conflict on Yerushalayim is so great. It's not by coincidence that Jerusalem became 
the center of three religion. Nothing is by coincidence. As we know, <coughs> the devil lost his first fight here when the servant of the Lord was hanged on a tree here in Yerushalayim in order to provide the real peace, in order to provide redemption, in order to provide peace with God. And the devil will do everything in order to stop the second thing that the great king has to do here in Yerushalayim. And we know, according to the prophets and according to the New Testament, that Messiah will come here in Mount of Olives and his feet are going to touch the mountain and he's going to come with the armies of the world to take Yerushalayim from Sarah Olam of Azeh, from the devil himself. And he will build his throne. He will build his temple and he will sit here just behind us and he will fulfill the story of Yerushalayim. But we know also that in order that those things will happen, God has a roadmap. And in this roadmap, God had to bring the Jewish people to Yerushalayim. Yes, the prophets Ezekiel talks about the return of the Jewish people to, the, to, to Israel. But the return of the Jewish people is not just so that we will have a land. It's in order to fulfill the roadmap for the redemption of the world. It's or in order to fulfill the end story of Yerushalayim, the return of the Messiah. And he tells us, Rav, a city of the great king. Rav in Hebrew is great. But Rav here is not just a great, you know, you meet somebody and you tell him you're a great person. Great king. He's greater than any king. He's higher than any, any king. And we know, and when we read the book of Hebrews, we know that the Messiah, the great king, is higher than David. He's higher than Moses. He's higher even than the angelic being. He's higher in his glory. He's in higher in his eternity. He's higher in his wisdom. And he's higher in his kingdom. His kingdom from here, just behind us, will cover the whole world. And the Bible tells us that people from around the world are going to come and bow down before this great king. And we know that the Christian embassy is already preparing the way and encouraging people to come and to fulfill this calling to come up to, the, to Jerusalem and prepare the way for this great king that we know and we believe that we're very close to this time that we will see the great king coming like the book of Daniel tells us he's going to come with the clouds of heaven to come and reign. And it's very interesting that the same psalm that talks about the great that talks about the city of the great king also commands us, brothers and sisters, commands us to tell, to tell to the last generation. And what are, we, what are we commanded to talk about? What are we commanded to tell? Yes, we can start with the beauty of the city of Jerusalem. Unlike any other city, Jerusalem has a special beauty, has a spiritual beauty. The Talmud tells us that 
Ten, nine, ten lines of beauty fell on Jerusalem, uh, on the world. Nine on Jerusalem, and one fell on the rest of the world. And there will be people who will tell us, wait, Jerusalem is nice, Jerusalem is beautiful, Yerushalayim is beautiful, but there are nicer cities in the world. Not to my opinion, but maybe they're right. But the beauty of Yerushalayim is a different beauty. It's a beauty that you can see only with spiritual eyes. And that beauty is not just beauty of the wall and the buildings and the mountains. It's the spiritual meaning of Yerushalayim. And we are called to tell, to tell about the city. We are called to tell the last, to the last generation the real meaning of Yerushalayim. A city, a Kiryat that starts with a Messiah who comes as a servant of the Lord, who, has, who stands just here behind us on, on the footsteps of the Mount of Olives and is willing, he's choosing to go into Jerusalem and to pay, to pay the blood price, Tashlum Adamim, like we see, in order to bring eternal peace to all of us. He's willing, as a king, to be hanged here on a cross in order to make us free, brothers and sisters, in order to make us free to tell the story, in order to make us free to understand what's our role in this earth. But one day, as I said, he's going to come and sit, and his seat will be just behind us. And we, as the servant of this great king, we, as the servant of the Lord, we, as the servant of the Messiah himself were commanded to tell the story, but to tell the story from A to Z. A story that starts with a temple where the Jewish people just behind us, we can see the, the steps that the Jewish people would come three times a year to bring a sacrifice to, the, to their God, to our God, to tell the story about the servant of the Lord that was willing to leave his throne and to come down and to be the perfect sacrifice for all of us. But also to tell the story and the hope that we have that one day the Messiah, the Messiah Yeshua will sit here and will rule all over the earth. And that's what we're looking and we're hoping for and we're believing for. And that's the message that we have for the whole world. I want to ask you, I want to invite you to come and to tell the great story of the plan of God, of the roadmap of God, but let's tell it from A to Z. And not just stop with the return of the Jewish people. But that's not the whole story. In the same Psalm, in Psalm 48, in verse 2, where it says that the city will be the city of the great king, he tells us another name of the city of God. It's a, the city is also called the joy of the whole earth. How come the city who was destroyed seven times can be the joy of the whole wor world? Rabbi David Kimchi Radak, on his commentary on this verse, where he says that Jerusalem will be Mesos Kola Aretz, the joy of the whole world, 
He tells us, he says that after the Jewish person takes his sacrifice and goes up on the, on the southern steps, up to the temple, he goes before the high priest. And by the way, today we are standing here in Jerusalem in a very unique day. It's the day of Birkat Kohanim, the day that the, all the Kohenites of Israel are in the Western Wall, as we talk right now, and are praying the ironic blessing on the people of Israel. And the high priest is examining the lamb. And he tells the, the head of the household, you're forgiven, go down. And he says, Rabbi, Rabbi Radak, Rabbi, Rabbi David Kim, he says to us, he says that when the man understands that he's forgiven, Jerusalem becomes Mesos Kol Jerusalem becomes the center of joy of the whole land, of the whole earth. Aaretz is land, but Aaretz is the whole earth. And that's our message, brothers and sisters. We want that the people of Israel will recognize the great hope. Not only the people of Israel, everybody. That Jerusalem will symbolize the great joy that we have. I want to pray, and I, and I want you to pray also for the peace of Jerusalem. And I address you. We all know Psalm 122, and I'm sure you all know it by heart. But who does Psalm 122 talks? He's talking to the tribes of God. Shiftei Adonai, it says there. And he's commanding the tribes of God to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. What kind of a peace? A peace between the people of Israel and the God of Israel. And who are the tribes of God? Brothers and sisters, I believe the tribes of God are those from the nation that put their trust in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and in the Messiah, Yeshua. And God calls you the tribes of God. And he commands you to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And I want to close by asking my brother David from the Christian Embassy, and I want to commend the work of the Christian Embassy that I've been doing for so many decades here in Jerusalem. And I want to encourage you, brothers and sisters, if you're watching us, to pray, but also to be actively involved with the Christian embassy. And I want to ask my brother David to come and close in prayers. David. Thank you, Samuel, for this very powerful, appropriate message from this spot about the importance of Jerusalem. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Amen. One of the insights you gave is that you're praying for the shalem, the wholeness, the completeness of this city. And to be honest, most of the world wants to divide it right about yeah. through there right now. And so, Lord, we just lift up your name from this city. And, Lord, we're just praying that this word has penetrated all the people watching Amen. out there, that they will begin now to work for the wholeness and the completeness of Jerusalem, that they will tell Jerusalem's story, not only pass from Melchizedek and Abraham forward through David and, and uh, all the way to the time of Jesus, but its future as well, that we would honor Jerusalem as the throne of the Lord even before he comes, Lord. We need to work for more embassies to come up. We need to work against the dividing of this city Lord use us in the days ahead to bring about your prophetic and redemptive purposes in this city and we just want to be able to prepare the way for you to come and take up the throne of David forever here in this city in the name of Jesus we pray amen amen, amen. and I want to close with ironic blessing 
הנהיבו, יברככם אדוני וישמרכם, יאר אדוני פניו אליכם ויחונכם, יישא אדוני פניו אליכם וישם לכם שלום. אמן.
That took us to the heavens right there. <laughs> what do we have coming up next? Well, in June, we had the privilege of being uh, in the presence of the president of Honduras, uh, the Honorable Juan Orlando Hernandez, who was here to m officially move their embassy to Jerusalem. And we have now a greeting from President Hernandez. Thank you very much. I am honored to participate in the celebration of the Feast of Tabernacles with this event hosted by the International Christian Embassy in Jerusalem. And I especially wish to thank you, President Jürgen Bueller. In June of this year, I flew to the eternal capital of Israel to recognize what was, has been through for thousands of years, a truth that is found in the Holy Scripture. I flew to the Holy Land with a purpose, to inaugurate the embassy of Honduras in the eternal capital of Israel in Jerusalem. A friend of mine likes to say that the word coincidence cannot be found anywhere in the Bible. Remarkably, my visit and the inauguration of the embassy happened to take place in the third anniversary of my first visit to Jerusalem in 1991, three decades ago. I went to Israel at the invitation of the, Israel, of the Israeli agency, Mashav, because Israel had selected me to participate in their leadership development program, an experience that changed my life. After I took office as president in 2014, Honduras shifted her UN boarding posture, and we became one of the two countries in Latin America and one of the five in the entire world to most often abstain from resolution opposed by Israel. In December of 2017, when the United Nations passed a resolution opposing to move the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem, Honduras was one of the nine votes against that resolution. 128 countries voted on the other side against Israel. The following year, when the normal rotation at the UN meant that Honduras would have the presidency of the UN General Assembly, the anti-Israel bloc promoted a rival candidacy. Unfortunately, Honduras was defeated and we were defeated by the same number of votes as were against Israel on the Jerusalem Resolution. And 128 votes, the same number. Did I mention that the word coincidence cannot be found anywhere in the Bible? Earlier this year, Honduras was one of the few countries to once again vote against an anti-Israeli resolution in the World Health Organization. Honduras was also one of the first countries in Latin America to officially designate Hezbollah, without exception, as a terrorist organization. In March of 2019, I spoke at the conference of APAC in Washington, where I announced that Honduras recognized 
the undivided city of Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. And we would open an officially diplomatic office in Jerusalem. And that this would be the first step in a two-step process to culminate in the full and reciprocal exchange of embassies to be located in the capital cities of the two countries, Jerusalem and Tegucigalpa. A few months after that, I flew to Israel. And on September 1st of 2019, we opened the official mission of Honduras in the capital of Israel, Jerusalem. After that, I spoke before the conference of the Israeli-American Council. I was pleased to declare that Honduras had done what it promised. And I announced that we were ready for the next and final step, the opening of the Honduran Embassy in Jerusalem to be followed reciprocally by the reopening of the Israeli Embassy in Tegucigalpa, which had been closed years earlier. And that was my mission when I went to Jerusalem in June of this year, to fulfill that promise, to inaugurate our embassy. During my government, the friendship of Honduras and Israel has been a blessing for my country. Technical cooperation in security, emergency recovery assistance after we were hit last year by two very destructive hurricanes. Earlier this year, the donation of COVID vaccines. In Honduras, we love Israel. So let me take this moment to invite each one of you and every friend of Israel and of Jerusalem to please come to Honduras. Come as tourists, come to invest. The opportunities are great. The coffee is delicious. The country is beautiful. The people are friendly. In Honduras today, a majority of our people are evangelical Christians. The Christian faith and the presence of the Holy Spirit is strong. You will feel it, and it is very strong. We look forward to your visit. You will be warmly welcome. You are our brothers and sisters. Like you, in Honduras, we love Jerusalem. Thank you, you all, and God bless each of you. God bless Israel, God bless Honduras, and God bless Jerusalem. Welcome back to our sukkah here in Jerusalem. Now, when President Hernandez came in June on his official state visit to move the Honduran embassy to Jerusalem, uh, there was a, an official in their embassy here in Israel who was very helpful, and we now have him as a guest on our stage, Miguel Munoz. He's the Minister for Trade and Faith Diplomacy. Nice to see you, Miguel. Thank you so much. It's my honor to be here in this sukkah. Yes, Hag Sameach. Hag yes. and, and to live in Jerusalem now, that must be special for you. Living by now for two years in Jerusalem. Yes. Now, we want to uh, really uh, thank you again 
for helping uh, arrange while President Hernandez was here on his official state visit to move the embassy that uh, you helped us arrange a moment where we were able to we were able to present him with our Cyrus Award. This is an award that we're giving to every head of state who moves their embassy to Jerusalem. It's in honor of King Cyrus, the Persian uh, monarch who really had a heart for Jerusalem, helped re, uh, order the rebuilding of the temple. And that Cyrus Award, uh, we got to get this uh, first out of the way. We want to give you a bronze replica of the gold-plated Cyrus Award that we gave to President Hernandez. He has that back in Honduras, but this is for your embassy here, a replica of the Cyrus Award in bronze, Miguel. It would be a great honor to have uh, this replica in the embassy of Honduras established in Jerusalem. President Hernandez and the First Lady Ana Caria de Hernandez were so uh, pleased to receive this because uh, uh, they they know the background of the meaning of the uh, of of the Cyrus Award in sense of the history of uh, what did uh, King Cyrus uh, did for the people of the Lord. So it will be an honor, also because. Uh, uh, Honduras has uh, many, many believers that uh, uh, really understand also uh, this meaning. Uh, so to be is a real honor uh, to be here heading uh, uh, faith-based diplomacy, which is in the heart of President Hernandez and First Lady Ana Carias. Yes, and uh, I know that uh, the, uh, I was surprised to uh, learn that uh, Honduras has more than half the country are evangelical Christians. That's amazing. And they were supportive of this move of the embassy, right? Christian evangelicals has been uh, uh, growing and having presence in all arenas of life in, the, in, in my country, Honduras. Uh, by now, we can talk about 58% of evangelicals. Wow. Most of them, I can say most of them, support Israel. Evangelicals has a, a, a history in Honduras uh, for many years, uh, more than 20 years, uh, when uh, Israel decided to uh, took off uh, their embassy from Honduras. Since then, evangelicals has been uh, asking different government to recognize uh, Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. And that happened uh, with President Hernandez uh, three years ago, almost three years ago, when he uh, first uh, publicly recognized Jerusalem. And then two years ago, he visited uh, Jerusalem to establish uh, a cooperation and trade office here in Jerusalem uh, as a first step showing his commitment uh, to move the embassy. And that's what put you here in Jerusalem two years ago. Very I was good. honored to yeah. be established here as head of cooperation and commerce office. And uh, in the back, 
uh, was this uh, philosophy and theology mm -hmm. of represent evangelicals. I used to be executive director for the National Evangelical Association. And, and um, when I came here, I was uh, uh, honored, as I said, because uh, we have, uh, President Hernandez has a strong uh, commitment and the First Lady has a strong conviction, and both together uh, with these uh, values of commitment and conviction uh, represent what the people of Honduras has been asking about Israel. Yes. Now, I understand that the First Lady of Honduras, Ana Garcia de Hernandez, she also played an, in, uh, an important role, as you said, in this decision. And we also have a short greeting from her. Como esposa del presidente Juan Orlando Hernández y primera dama de la Nación de Honduras, me dirijo a la comunidad convocada por la Embajada Cristiana Internacional en Jerusalén para sumarme a la fiesta de peregrinación más alegre del año, Sukkot, o fiesta de los tabernáculos. Es un honor y una bendición poder saludarles. A todos allá en Israel y en muchas otras naciones alrededor del mundo, desde Honduras les digo Shalom. Esta fiesta de los tabernáculos, también conocida como fiesta de las cabañas, me recuerda imágenes de cómo los habitantes de Jerusalén caminan con alegría al llevar madera, hojas de palma y adornos tradicionales para construir una azúcar en los balcones de su casa o en las calles. A la vez imagino a los niños divirtiéndose con sus vecinos, amigos y la gratitud de sus padres y madres que en esta época dejan abiertas las puertas de sus viviendas para que los peregrinos y extranjeros celebren las bendiciones recibidas durante todo el año. Dijo Rabí Shimshon Rafael Hirsch, Rosh Hashanah, que es un día de súplicas y corazón contrito, se estableció en la Torah que durase un día. De igual manera, Yom Kippur, que es un día de ayuno y perdón, dura solo un día. Pero Sukkot, que es nuestro tiempo de alegría, ordenó la Torah celebrarlo durante siete días. Pues es voluntad de Hashem que el pueblo de Israel esté en alegría, tal como está dicho, servir al Señor con alegría. Este año también ha marcado un hecho histórico entre Honduras e Israel. Me siento contenta y agradecida con Dios por la decisión que tomó mi esposo, el presidente Juan Orlando Hernández, de concretar el traslado en junio de este año de la Embajada de Honduras a Jerusalén, la capital eterna de Israel, lo que refleja un hito importante en la sólida relación diplomática y de cooperación que existe actualmente entre Honduras y el Estado de Israel. Y es ahí donde digo, nada es casual en Dios, todo tiene un propósito. Dice Romanos 8:28 que a los que amamos a Dios todas las cosas nos ayudan a bien. Now if you want to watch the full messages from President Juan Orlando Hernandez or the First Lady of Honduras, they're on our feast streaming platform there with all the official greetings from Israeli officials and others who have been part of the feast. What's next, Tiffany? I'm excited particularly for this one today, David, because we are going straight to the islands, the Oceania region, and we want to welcome our worship team from Fiji Islands called the Sounds of the Nation. And then we have a message from a powerful preacher, Manasseh Kolevusu, 
also from Fiji.
Jerusalem, the city of the great king. I'm reminded of what the psalmist said in Psalm 48, verses 1 and 2. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness. Beautiful for situation, the joy of, whole, of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. What is so unique about the city of Jerusalem? First, I sincerely believe this is the city on which God gave his name. God himself chose the great city of Jerusalem as his dwelling place on earth. Jerusalem is synonymous with the Lord God and is dwelling with mankind. In 2 Chronicles chapter 6, verse 6, God said, I have chosen Jerusalem that my name might be there. No other city on earth, and I say it again, no other city on earth can claim that special privilege. The only city on earth with the name of God on it. Second Chronicles 7, 16. For now have I chosen and sanctified this house, the temple in Jerusalem, that my name may be there forever. And my eyes and my heart shall be there forever. There's no other city on earth where not only God puts his name, but where God's eyes and God's heart are focused on forever, God says, forever. So it doesn't really matter what people try and do. And when we look at the city of Jerusalem, throughout its long history, Jerusalem has been destroyed twice, besieged 23 times, attacked 52 times, and captured and recaptured 44 times. The city was first settled 6,000 years ago and was established as the capital of the United Kingdom of Israel 3,000 years ago by Israel's second king, David. Throughout history, they've attempted to conquer, capture, recapture, destroy the city of Jerusalem. But throughout history, Jerusalem still remains as the capital of the state of Israel. Second Chronicles 33 verse 7. In this house, in Jerusalem, I have chosen. God says, I will put my name forever. And this year as we celebrate the feast of the tabernacle from the city of Jerusalem, we remember the special significance of this city, not only to the state of Israel and the Jewish people, but more so to us, the Christians all over the world. This is where it all started. And Christians all over the world will always owe the Jewish people in the state of Israel a huge debt of gratitude because our faith in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has its roots right there in the city of Jerusalem and in the state of Israel. There's no other city on earth that is compared, that can be compared with Jerusalem, the city of the great king. This is the city that is the object 
of religious longings of the world's main three main religious groups the Jews the Christians and the Muslims and today we thank God that since 14 May 1948 when the modern state of Israel was established through a miraculous act of God, we can see Jews praying at the Western Wall for the peace of Jerusalem. And even with Jews, a Christian's pilgrimage coming to Jerusalem, years after years, years after years, we have the freedom as well to go and pray with Jews at the Wailing Wall for the peace of Jerusalem. The deep love of the Jewish people towards Jerusalem has not been dissuaded by a series of greedy and bloodthirsty conquerors throughout the centuries, including the Egyptians, the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Persians, the Romans, the Muslims, the Muslim Crusaders, and the Ottoman Empire. And in spite of all these attempts, in spite of all the anti-Semitic sentiments expressed throughout the year, even to the modern day, the King, King David, made Israel a capital of Israel more than 3,000 years ago. The Jews still have a spiritual attachment to the city of Jerusalem that will never be broken. It is a spiritual bond between God's covenant people and the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. A bond that can never be broken. A bond that will stand the test of time, no matter whatever suffering that the Jews will have to go through, no matter whatever the city of Jerusalem will go, will go through, that unbreakable bond between the Jewish people and the city of Jerusalem will always remain forever. Even during the Jewish diaspora all over the world, the Jews always find themselves praying towards the city of Jerusalem. Whenever they build a synagogue, they would build it facing Jerusalem. Even before 1948, when Jews would build a house, they would build a house with part of the wall, left wall of the house left unfinished, signifying that it was simply a temporary dwelling until one day the owner shall return to Jerusalem. Today we celebrate with thanksgiving and praises to God the amazing miracle of fulfillment of prophecy. Earlier, the return of the Jews from wherever they are in the world where they have been exiled, returning to their ancient homeland that God promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that he would give them. The old city of Jerusalem, despite having an area of simply one square kilometer, is home to many sites of tremendous religious importance, not only to Jews, but to Christians and Muslims as well. In Ezekiel 5 verse 5, the prophet tells us, thus said the Lord God, this is Jerusalem. I've set it in the midst of the nations and countries that are round about her. One day, ladies and gentlemen, peace will be brought to earth when Christ shall reign from Jerusalem. Scripture says, tells us that there will be no world peace until there's peace in Jerusalem in the city from which God's word has gone forth to the ends of the earth. It is the city to which the Prince of Peace will return and reign. There is no other city on the face of the earth 
like Jerusalem, because God has chosen it as his own city, the city of the great king. And I conclude with this. When Jesus Christ gave the disciples the great commission in Matthew chapter 28, right there in the city of Jerusalem, and he said, and take this gospel, beginning in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When Jesus said those words from Jerusalem, more than 2,000 years ago, he was thinking of me, thinking of Fiji, because I'm speaking to you from the ends of the earth. From Jerusalem more than 2,000 years ago, the gospel has traveled right to where I am. My people have come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of our lives. And from the ends of the earth, I bring back greetings. Thank you, Jerusalem. Thank you for bringing to us the gospel, that the only thing that could change people's lives. And I end with this, Psalm 122, verses 6 to 9. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. For the sake of my family and friends, I will say, peace be with you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your prosperity. Jerusalem, the city of the great king. May God richly bless you. What a powerful message from Manasseh Kolevuso. I tell you, I love that brother and preacher. And we have on our staff here in Jerusalem, a dear sister, Fine Datoka, who's from Fiji. And uh, can you respond in prayer to his message? Sure, David. Okay, I'll do it the island style. Can I invite everybody, wherever you're watching from, We've heard the message from God. Can we all be upstanding wherever you are? Let's just pray together. Hallelujah. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised from the city of the Lord and to the mountains of his holiness. Be exalted, O Lord, over your city. We Come today as your children from around the nations, Lord. We present ourselves to you. We have heard your call today through the messages that have been coming through your men. We come today and we acknowledge, Lord God, the calling that you have placed on us from the different nations to present ourselves to you here in Jerusalem. So, Lord, would you come? Come by your fire and, Lord, empower us. Allow us, God to be your children used of you in these last days. We thank you, God, that the city of Jerusalem is so dear to you. And as we come from the ends of the earth to the center of the earth here in Jerusalem, God, open up the heavens, open up the heavens, pour out your fire, Lord, the fire of revival, God. And we pray this in faith, God. Today, we thank you that we can come in agreement with all of those that are watching today, Lord. We thank you for the call of your church in these last days. So here we are, Lord. We are standing at the city gates, Lord. We are facing your temple, Lord. And we want to say, yes, Lord, use us in these end times for your divine purposes. This is our prayer. We ask and pray in no other name but the mighty name of Yeshua, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. And all the saints say amen. Amen.
For those who have joined us by television today, we're at the end of our broadcast time, but we hope you've enjoyed the program here, day six of the Feast of Tabernacles. We'll be back tomorrow with uh, the same setting here at our sukkah in Jerusalem, talking about the Isaiah 19 highway. So join us then. But if you want to join us online with our, on our streaming platform, how do they do that? Yes, of course. If you do want to join us on our streaming platform, just hop on over to on.icej.org slash FOT2021, and you will be able to register yourself to join the Feast of Tabernacles. So we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you.
Ah. Uh-huh. 